Welcome in to another edition of the Tap the Keg Podcast, episode, episode 533. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. Charlie here with you. Wrapping up your holiday week. Some of you might have off already, which you do. Screw off respectfully. Uh, but some of you keep working. We're here for you. We're going to talk about if the Milwaukee Bucks will ever hit the respect. Will people actually admit that they were wrong about the Milwaukee Bucks in the national media? We'll also kind of talk about other stuff going on in the Bucks. And then uh, the, will the Packers be on quit watch on Sunday? A uh, lot going on there. Can Matt LaFleur or the young Packers rally the troops? And then the latest on Corbin Burns, uh, there also is another Brewers trade today that we'll, we'll kind of get into. Uh, so all in all, good show. Uh, back on Thursdays, Mitch, what's happening? How you doing? Good, good, man. Just, uh, yeah, another another week of uh, Bucks success. Yeah. And, um, you know, schedule's been pretty favorable of late. But right, yeah. Houston's pretty solid, but, I mean, um, yeah, so it's it's good to see good to see them rolling. Otherwise, yeah, doing doing pretty good. Just getting getting kind of in the Christmas spirit, I guess. Absolutely, you uh, you have to do it. And I mean, we probably have asked this on other pods close to the Christmas season. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Well, Home Alone for sure. I mean, it is okay. untouchable. Um, All right. Do you like Home Alone two just as much as the uh, as much as the original? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's probably better. I, I like Home Alone two a lot. I like the New York scene. I I think it's just nice. You got the pigeon lady, uh, the toy storyline. Tim Burt or uh, Tim Curry, uh, the hotel guy. So yeah, I, yep. I I agree. I I think New York. It's a strong sequel. You know, it's not like Godfather two being better than Godfather, but it's it's right up there. Yeah, I mean it 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 does what a sequel is supposed to do. It, it, right. It continues the storyline and makes it better. You yeah. know, I mean it. It's it's probably good there isn't there is a third one, but it's like it was like direct to video and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, they they did a bunch of those. They bastardized it kind of going forward. But yeah, I had had Home Alone came out in, you know, today's world where it's like they have to do stuff safe. And if they have one big hit, they'll make another big hit, and then another big hit, and then they will just milk that fucking cow until until they can't. That's Hollywood oh, yeah. these days. And this is and this is this is another podcast, but I actually funny you mentioned that because I just watched the YouTube video about how like creativity in the video game industry is, is dying. And it really is the same. It's the same shit with Hollywood and like in movies. And it's all these, all these developers in the video game world and mm-hmm. in Hollywood, you know, the publishers and, and whatever, they all have sh- uh, shareholders to answer to. Yeah. And people that invest, you know, millions of dollars into getting yeah. these movies made. Right. So they have they have to do what's safe. They can't do like there's no outside of the box. There's no right. it's just it's all remakes and all Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually you know I, just kinda kinda just keeping everything the status quo. There's nothing no creativity anymore. He he might get mentioned other times, but I, I was listening to our, our buddy Bill Simmons and he had Court Jefferson on, who was a former writer. He wrote for like Deadspin and Gawker. And he directed American Fiction, which is really po- going to be a very popular movie right around Christmas. Going to be in the award season. And he kind of talked about that exact same thing, too. And I recommend people listening to it. I thought it was fascinating. I learned so much. And I have some friends that are loosely in that business. And so just understanding that how hard it is, it just made me kind of empathize more than than I had in the past. And yeah, American Fiction sounds like a uh, interesting movie. So if you haven't, you don't know about it. I'd recommend uh, looking at the trailer, but we're not here to do movies. Um, We certainly could. I mean, we could do movies. We could do a lot of different things, uh, but we're here to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and they're playing great basketball, as you mentioned, Mitch, and they're, they're rolling. Yes. The strength of schedule is a thing uh, that people are bringing up. People are looking for the new thing to be like, why can't we give the Bucks the credit that they deserve and say, Hey, maybe, maybe I was wrong about the Bucks. I think it's been fascinating to watch people kind of admit, hey, we were wrong about the Clippers. Like, the Clippers know what they're doing. Ty Lue's a great coach. He's able to figure out all these pieces, and he's made it work. And they've won, I think, eight straight games. They're playing Dallas right now. God. Um, but we haven't done the same for Milwaukee. The energy has not been the same. Is that just national media thing? 
Is that because people were so dug in on their takes that they can't step away and say, hey, look, Milwaukee is just as good as Boston, if not just right there with the Celtics in terms of the best teams in the Eastern Conference? Well, as always, it's 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 multifaceted. Um, yep. Or as uh, as Kendrick Perkins would say, a multiple of reasons. Um, <laughs> I would say it's uh, it's uh, yeah, like so when the Bucks got Dame, you know, of course the zag is going to be well, the defense is bad. You know, it's going to be worse, and we all know that. You know, it's it's not going to be. They're, not, they're no longer a defensive team, and they're going to have to make some adjustments to to hide their defensive deficiencies. And they did not do that the first couple games. They they did the opposite of that, and it was really bad. And so they've been they've been digging out of this incredible hole defensively, and and now they're getting to the point where they're they're halfway respectable on that end, and you know they're. As Zach Lowe put it, it's kind of the little engine that could the the Bucks defense, um, and it's which is true, but you know those guys, you know that they were they're dug in on the fact that well Boston has great offense and defense, and um, you know the Bucks they're just they're always going to be limited on that end, and that you yeah so I mean they're really dug in on that. There's just mm-hmm. there's just and and I think the other thing is. They haven't. The Bucks have not had a national game in a while. They've just kind nope. of been, kind of been been beating up on, you know, average average or below average teams. You know, Bulls a couple times and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, well, but people forget the Bulls had won five straight going into that game. Yeah, the Bulls uh, are playing better. I mean, they beat they beat the Sixers in Philly. They're currently up by seven on the Lakers right now, halfway through the third quarter. Like the Bulls are not too long ago. Yeah. The Bulls are a different team. I think like you have to, your peer view on the Bulls has to, you can't be, ah, it's just the Bulls. Like they are, they've kind of leveled up post Levine. Like, you know, Billy Donovan, credit to him has done a really good job of kind of rallying the troops. And as well as Kobe white, you know, has been a revelation so far this year and he's killed the bucks twice. Like he's a certified bucks killer. Like, I think we can put Kobe white in that category. Uh, But yeah, Yeah. I mean, the, the national media take the national media well, exposure. Can, can I wrap up my oh, thought yeah. real quick? Yeah, it's yeah. just that yeah, it's sorry. just, that it's, yeah, it's just that it's all the takes, you know, the narratives all come from national games. That's why we all get so fucking worked up and pissed off about those games because, because it's true. It's like, you have to, you have to win some of those games, you know, because, mm-hmm. because the bucks played like shit for, or not like shit, but not good enough for three quarters against Boston, you know, everybody threw out the fourth quarter because the game was, you know, apparently in hand, even though the Bucks could have won that game and they could have stole that game. Right. Um, so, and that was a month ago. So, you know, just kind of been, the takes have been, the narratives have not changed because they have not had a big game really in a while. Yeah. Uh, and absolutely. And what the, the bitch of the beast is, is they're not part of the main attraction on Christmas. They're playing the Knicks. Yes, the Knicks are having a good season, but let's be honest, that first Knicks game, not a ton of eyes get on them. Um, you know, people are still wrapping up Christmas. People are still, you know, maybe heading to Christmas lunch. Like that, that's an inconvenient time for that sort of national media view. That 1.30 or that 4 o'clock game is where the real eyeballs exist. And I understand the Warriors' exposure, but I, I do wonder, it would kind of been sweet if they would have done Bucks Nuggets at 130, Giannis Jokic, and then Celtics Lakers at four. I feel like that would have been a great, like, you know, kind of like both teams, East West. Like to me, that that's like kind of what Christmas should be about. Like, uh, but they 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 opted for, you know, the Warriors angle of it, which I, I get. It, it well, and, the and perhaps more importantly, that was before the Bucks got Dame. Oh so, yeah. That's a um, yeah, that's a great point. That that's a great point, and, and therein lies the problem with announcing your Christmas Day games in you know on Labor Day. Yeah, and you wonder if maybe the league will think differently about that. Actually, and, before that, it's probably like yeah. middle of August. And, and that's another part of this like national media regret, or that I I just haven't heard enough of 
is Drew Holiday's having a similar season to Chris Middleton. The stats are pretty similar. I realize Drew's playing on a different team. I understand his responsibilities are different. But are we sure this Bucks team is like 500 with Drew Holiday? Maybe a little bit better. But they're, I don't think their Bucks are at the record they are right now with Drew Holiday. 20 and 7. I don't think this is what the Bucks record is with Drew Holiday. Mm. Or do you disagree? I don't know. I, I mean, with Adrian Griffin, it's hard to say. I mean, right? I'll say if, if, if every yeah, if, if if Bud is back, Drew is back. Yeah, they're probably twenty and seven, and it's ho hum, mm-hmm. and it's status quo. Right. And you know, people would still doubt the Bucks because they had lost in the first round. Yeah. Of the playoffs, and you know, that's probably working against the Bucks right now too. Regardless. Oh of, yeah. Other than that, we have Dame and you know, a new coach. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just um, – yeah, I don't know. I, no, I no, no, that's, there, so. no, it's okay. I, it's like I, I think it's it's a wild hypothetical, right? But, yeah, you're right. That's holding people back. I think, yes, the schedule is a is a factor. But if you look at just the month of December, the Bucks have an offensive rating of 127 over 100. That is ridiculous. Like that is a yeah, ridiculous I mean, they have number. seventy plus points at the end at halftime. The last, I don't know how many games. Or I mean, it's just they're scoring at will, basically. Right, right. And you could even argue if you really want to go all in and be a total box homer, that their defensive rating, which is one sixteen over hundred, sixteenth in the league right now, about average, is kind of predicated on they're scoring so much that they have to have more defensive possessions. So it's just leading to more buckets on the other end, kind of like an NFL team, you know, that that goes really quick or a college team that goes really quick. There's just more points because the defense is just on the field longer. Like, I, I kind of mm-hmm. think that's a little bit of what you're seeing with the Bucks, And it's just, I mean, even yesterday, you know, Shafty pointed out on Twitter, like Dame was, or Giannis was just looking for Dame like multiple times for three-pointers. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit. Like if that starts happening more often, when, like look out, like that's going to be another level of how good this Bucks team can be. Yeah, Giannis with the classic Draymond Green triple double. Yeah, um, yeah, said that on Twitter. Dr- Draymond right. Ben Simmons uh, yeah. triple double, right? Because it because yeah, he was clearly the Spurs and you know Wemby ducking smoke nice and oh, early yeah. in his career. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that that's started bad, early there. It's a bad look by the Frenchman. <laughs> yeah, but clearly the um, game plan was to you know limit Giannis, and he he went into the playmaker role, which is um, I'd like to see more of. Honestly, that would be that'd be great. I, I don't know. I guess I don't really want Giannis to change too much, but right. I'm just saying it'd be nice to you know not have him have the ball ninety percent of the time. Um, but I digress. So, yeah, no, I mean, obviously Dame's been kind of rolling again, and it seems like the Bucks are kind of getting back on D a little better again pretty much ever since the infamous blow-up in, uh, in the locker room. Right. At the yep. end-season tournament. And uh, it's, uh, it seems like – sorry, I just saw the, uh, the highlight of Embiid giving the, the flop sign to – to go bear, which is Embiid. Embiid's hilarious. Just, uh, yeah, people wonder why I hate him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so ever since the uh, the uh, the infamous blow up of Bobby Portis, Lord knows exactly what happened, but um, I don't know. They're, they're, they're getting back on D. The Houston game was maybe their best win of the year. Probably their best win of the year. Just uh, like I, I still think that Mavericks game on the back to back. Winning that one was I. I that's my vote, but I could go ahead. I'll I'll hear the case for Houston. Well, I just think that nothing stupid happened at all. Yeah. Uh, they started Andre Jackson, which people have been clamoring for, and I'm not like dying for him to be the permanent starter, but he definitely needs to play more. Like, there's mm-hmm. no question. Like, it just the fact that he played 36 minutes that night was like was like the nail in the coffin. Where it's like. Okay, he can he can hang. You know, he's not going to be an all star or anything like that. But he's he's clearly does stuff that impacts winning and mm-hmm. and to have a guy with that much energy 
and athleticism in like the quote unquote two spot um, alongside Dame is, is huge. And, you know, and then the offense was, was great against a team that's good defensively. Now, like you said before, in terms of having to defend more possessions and stuff like that, probably the reason Houston is so good defensively is because they play so slow. A la the Badgers, the New York Knicks. I mean, it's yeah. They take their yeah. Ma definitely takes the air out. I think you know one, you know, and also I think part of taking the air out is because he knows that they they have a lot of guys that'll shoot dumb shots. Like Jalen Green had one where the Rockets were kind of in range, and they get a they get a stop, and I think it was they were down seven, was it or six, and then he just chucks a three, and it's like we and like it was transition. It was like no movement, nothing, and it's like. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of like MA's strategy is he knows like, all right, I can't, these guys can't run and gun because they, they're just going to do their own thing. And that's going to be way too much isolation. So yeah, you're right. They, they, they do take the air out of the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just thought that, you know, and, and you throw on the back-to-back element and it's just kind of, it just kind of was, you know, I thought it was a, a real solid win. It was a wire to wire kind of victory mm-hmm. and, Never got closer than like six, but never more than fourteen. It just was kind of one of those, one of those games where it was never really in jeopardy. But also, Houston didn't go away either, and it just they had to keep keep kind of keep fighting. And right, um, yeah, just overall feeling pretty good where things are at right now. I I would agree hundred um, percent. I think that they, I do think Andre Jackson needs more minutes. I'm I'm with you there. I kind of will put my tinfoil hat on a little bit and wonder are the Bucks kind of slow playing it so they don't get too much tape out on Andre Jackson that they just want to kind of hide him a little bit if they can, as long as they can until they really unleash him. Like I said on yesterday's pod that I, my idea with him and the starting lineup is it should just be game dependent. Okay. Like when you're facing Boston, I, I think you definitely start Jackson. Get in Tatum's grill, and you and Brown for that matter, and you just throw them off their game right away, and you kind of get in their ass right away. Like I think that would work. I think against even like a Lakers team, right, with LeBron, and and I'm not saying Jackson would guard LeBron, but like an, another team where it's like, yeah, you want to start fast against them. You want that energy right out the gate, and bringing Beasley off the bench will not be the worst thing. I think. The, right now, which is a great you know who else did that? Who? Larry Drew did that. Did he? Yeah, I mean, he would. He would. He used to piss me off so much that he would, um, like every game. Well, first of all, Craig obviously, Council, Craig Council this style. Two lifetimes ago, basically. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in NBA years, and that was when the Bucks had no hierarchy on their team. Right. It was like we have we have fifteen guys who are painfully average. And you could just – they would just interchange the starting lineup to, depending on who they were playing. But it used to annoy me so much. It's like, just pick a goddamn lineup. Well, um, I'm not I, – I will say this. I'm not, like, advocating it for every game. I'm just make saying – Make them adjust to you. I, I Yeah, that's true. I'm just – I'm more saying it for – fine. If we want to – I can agree with you on that. And I can say, well, then just bring – how about we amend it to Jackson's your first guy off the bench, you know, in those type of games where you need yeah. that wing defender. Maybe that's the solution. Uh, I can be in the middle with you on that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I it whether he starts or not is is kind of kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, he's got to play based on the matchup, you know. Yeah. Well, um, I, I will tell you Mitch, I mean, in terms of that national media hype or that national media, hey, we were wrong sort of regret. New York's opportunity is there. With two standalone games, they played the Knicks at 11.30 on Saturday afternoon and then play the Knicks again at 11 on Monday. Why they did that, yeah. I have no idea. Um, might well, make I, that... my, my guess would be the Rangers play at night or... Probably. Well, the Knicks always do play day games during the uh, during like the Saturdays. They play a lot of day games Saturday, Sunday. I meant more just the back-to-back. But I do... I will enjoy... You know, I think the intensity will be ratcheted up for that second game. Uh, Doc Rivers had mentioned how when you play those back-to-backs, like even though they're regular season, they kind of feel like playoff games 
just because you you're so familiar with the team that you kind of get annoyed you kind of and the Knicks are an annoying basketball team now they're be interesting to see what they are offensive or you know in terms of their front line because Mitchell Robinson is out Jericho Sims is out um so we'll see if they're going to have you know a full full group of guys in that front line because that front line is right now Tartenstein and Todd Gibson, Todd Gibson baby and oh boy that is not what you want against Hansen Kumbo. Let me tell you, uh, back-to-back fifty pieces in Madison Square Garden be be incredible. Uh, but the I think the real opportunity for that national media respect is the Thursday, January eleventh, at home against Boston, and then on the thirteenth, you're at home against Golden State. So I feel like that's a area of uh, that that opens that door. Now you do play Sacramento the next day. That's a brutal stretch to play Sacramento, but. Like that's your opportunity there to kind of gain some gain some respect and gain some sort of like okay now now this is real and that people can start saying all right maybe I, maybe we we're wrong about the Bucks but I, I'll also remind people the Bucks were five and four everybody was losing their shit they lost to Orlando uh, since that time the Bucks are fifteen and three mm-hmm. and the one so, one of the losses was that stupid Bulls game yep stupid Bulls game. Uh, the Indiana in season and the uh, Boston game. So those were the three losses so far. So I don't know. I mean, it's there and they've won so much at home. You know, now you do have Orlando uh, tonight, but Orlando's coming off a back to back and they got beat by the heat without Jimmy Butler. Uh, and they got beat bad. I mean, the score doesn't really reflect. They were down 20 pretty much that entire game. So the heat kind of gave them the business without, you know, some of their big guys. So be interesting to see kind of where the magic are at. I feel like right now, you know, it, I know they're professionals. I know they're not us, but you got to think like if you're traveling around this time, like it kind of, kind of pisses you off that you have to be, you know, dealing with travel and bullshit, you know, around the holidays, not necessarily being with your family. Right. Am I, am I dumb for that? Or do you think that's irrelevant? Um, for the magic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, they were home tonight. Now they got to go back out on the road, play the Bucks, the Pacers, and then they're in Washington on the 26th. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I don't think it matters. Okay. All right. I yeah, that's right. I, I, yeah, you're you're good on that. You. I hope it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. They owe the magic uh, from that's the last why they, game. That's why they get paid millions of dollars, man. And, like, yep. I don't think it – I don't think it really – it, it's I don't, no, I don't, it, they're used to it, you know. N- no skin off their ass. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm, I'm an idiot. That's okay. Any other Bucks things you wanted to cover before we move on to the Packers? No, nah, we can keep rolling. All right. Uh, Green Bay Packers also play this weekend on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. And it's funny, uh, Mitch, because I was, you know, going into Sunday's game against the Buccaneers. After the Bucks had disposed of the Pistons, had just kicked the living shit out of the Pistons, and I was worried about that game. I was like, trap game, trap game, trap game, and then they absolutely annihilated it. And so then I thought, I was like, well, maybe just teams are bad, and maybe trap games don't really exist as much in the pros, and, and it's just sometimes you're really fucking bad. And so I thought that about Carolina. But I, I did think Carolina could do all right against Atlanta. They end up winning because Atlanta's just a bad, bad football team. But then the Packers lose, and so then it's like, well, I'm not worried that they're not going to be ready for Carolina because it's must-win back against the wall, but I'm also worried they might just quit on the season because they've had enough of Joe Barry's shit. So I just – it's not even a panic button. It's like, are the Packers actually going to get off the bus on Sunday, or are they just going to lay down and sort of – not? I wouldn't say as bad as the Chargers – but is it just like, am I right to be like kind of worrying about the the Packers' motivation heading into this game against Carolina? Or am I crazy? Well, I mean, they're not. I don't think they're at the Chargers' point. <laughs> I don't think they're at. I don't know they're if not, they're not at Brandon Staley's. I mean, that was embarrassing. Um, great for the Raiders. Yeah, but um, I do. There obviously is some sense of. I don't know, dissension in the locker room mm-hmm. right now or something going on with Devontae Campbell. And, uh, and I'm not, I'm not answering no questions on no internet, man. Just, <laughs> yeah. 
after you said after you make some cryptic bullshit on the internet i mean it's right just, exactly you sound like the tales all this time baby you sound like drake on twitter but then you're like nah i don't want to fucking talk about it like fuck off dude like well, seriously like honestly it, there's so much of this shit in the nfl right now i mean you have like the steelers thing um you had all oh, this yeah. stuff with stefan diggs i mean you like these guys AJ, aj brown saying like oh uh jalen we're not sick like all this stuff like not acknowledging that jalen hurts might have had boofs and might have had was struggling you know out there and did everything he could not to get you sick like fuck off man like and i don't know it's all it's all well yeah then the answers on the on the press conferences are just either i'm not talking about it or um then you get the coaches like tomlin or i mean even even packers coaches are yeah, you know what, what's in this locker room, but you know you're not you're not in this locker room, or you know we got we know what we got in here and all the cliches and I don't know maybe it's just it's just been a long season, right? I yeah. guess and uh, and and here we are, but it's it does seem like really yeah for the first time there's been some outward public yeah. public dissension and I I don't know I mean like I said they're not at they're not at the Chargers level, this is not like you know four years but and it's not the head coach but it, right. it does appear that you know it, it will get to a point where those two are connected if oh yeah you know if Absolutely. uh if if matt lafleur does not make like let's say the unthinkable happens this weekend i i i yeah, i mean they, i mean it, at, at this point though it's too late and i mean it would it would honestly be poetic if it did happen because one of the things that I feel like we've done, whether it's me solo or us together, have banged the drum on is the Packers are always a week too late. They're always a week too late, two weeks too late. Amari Rogers, how many times? Years. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Amari Rogers, how many times we're like, all right, this guy isn't a real returner. This guy isn't a real returner. He's really struggling. They got to give up on this guy. What does he do? He fumbles away the game against Washington a game they should have won last year. And if they do win that game, they go to the playoffs. Like, that's it right there. And you have ample opportunity to bounce back, to kind of rise from the ashes and beat this team's ass and kind of get yourself ready to go for a primetime showdown against Minnesota. But is everybody there? And can, you know, this young team come together? That's that's the other thing. Like, I think if you have a bunch of veterans and a bunch of professionals, I don't really worry about that. I I think of this team like a college team on steroids, right? Because they're more talented than any college. Team. But it, they all are in that college age, kind of. And so it's like that happens in college football a lot. We're like, oh, they quit on the coach. They quit. They're done. They don't want to be here anymore. And they're looking to go into the transfer portal. And I'm not saying that the Packers will do that because they, you know, they have, con- have contracts, but it's, it, it's really sort of on edge. And I think that if I was Joe Barry, my advice to Joe Barry is him telling those guys, Hey, what do you guys want to do? What, what am I doing wrong? How can we be better? What am I not taking advantage of your strengths and talk to each individual unit? You don't have to talk to each individual player, but let everybody air their grievances. Festivus is in three days. Let everybody air their grievances about Joe Barry to him. And you got to take it. You got to be a man. got to. And look, I don't always like criticism. I have a bit of thin skin, so I get it. Like, it can be tough to take. But, you know, if someone's got to call you an asshole, that's, that's how it goes. And it's like, and learn from learn from your guys. Yeah, a little little Adrian Griffin esque there would Absolutely. be would, yeah. would maybe be maybe be ad- advantageous at this point where it's kind of like let's throw the fucking chips out on the table here. And, yeah, and you know Joe Barry's like my ass is in the jackpot and I'm yeah. I'm open I'm open for business. I'm willing to try you know different things. Um, maybe not playing ten yards off the ball. Um, well, it, it, maybe uh, yeah. maybe being creative to get pressure on the quarterback. I mean, there's a novel idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, the, the, the thing that's so frustrating is I, I just can't wrap my head around and I, and it's obviously been a thing for a long time, but I can't wrap my head around that his defense actually works against good quarterbacks. 
quarterbacks that want to push it up down the field, like Patrick Mahomes, even like a Jared Goff, like that works. But then when he faces these shit can quarterbacks like Tommy DeVito and Baker Mayfield, who both won NFC player of the week after playing your defense, it's absolute trash because all they want to do is dink and dunk and take the easy fucking route. And if you just adjust that, that's totally different. Like it's yeah. an embarrassment that DeVito and Mayfield were NFC player of the week and were in the playoff one. We should, that's like commandership. Like we should be a top five pick if that stuff's happened to us. So I, 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 I mean, I would even, I would even argue the, the Baker performance is, is even worse. I mean, it's, Oh God, Baker. I mean, to lose, to, to lose to Tommy DeVito and, and then it, it blows up into this, you know, big thing. And, and it was already bubbling up, you know, the Italian right. and, Oh yeah, all that horse shit, and it's Monday Night Football in New York, right? You know, and then he beat the Packers, and you know he runs all over, and you know that that's bad. But then to let Baker basically turn into, you know, have a that's career hard. career probably probably the best game he's had since Oklahoma, yeah, and and um, you know, maybe by far, and perfect passer rating the whole deal. I think that's probably even worse, just because like. Again, it's hard to hard to stop quarterbacks from running, but to just get shredded by who's all you know, ceiling is probably a bad, you know a good backup at this point, um, fringe starter I suppose. Um, yeah, you know he's been he's been okay this season. I think I think it's been a lot of a lot of a lot of nineteen twenty a lot of field goals, and now you know he basically explodes on you. It's uh it's a tough one to swallow, right. It, I mean, yeah, I, I agree 100% that Baker Baker's worse. Um, I, I expect Ants at home. It's It wasn't like the coldest, but you're in the elements against the team from Florida. And as our buddy Murph said, you can't beat a team from Florida in Green Bay in December. You don't deserve to be in the playoffs. And I I agree with that. And it, and they, if they win out, I think they have a 95% chance. I ran a playoff machine and where, like, I think I had – Vikings, Packers, Rams, Seahawks, all nine and eight. And because of some weird combination, the Packers get in against the Eagles in, in round one. And I'll tell you what, if the Packers are playing the Eagles in round one, I will now I wouldn't say I would talk myself into winning, but I'll it'll stay close because the Eagles are super vulnerable right now. I you can't tell me that the Eagles aren't beatable. Um 49ers, totally different story. But uh the Eagles are, you know, they're kind, there's a little bit of like bloods in the water with that team. So I don't know. We'll we'll certainly have to see. I mean, it's well, it is a big. The, the, the Packers have a lengthy injury report as, as usual. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I'm, I'm not even going to worry about the injury report at this point. I will say what could save this all is the fact that the Panthers can't stop the run to save their goddamn soul. They are. I mean, they're just they're just fucking terrible. They're they're terrible across the board, but they are really bad at stopping the run. So Malifor could realize that hey, this defense doesn't want to be here, and they might quit. So guess what? I'm gonna drain this clock. I don't think this Carolina team can score 14 points. I know if I get to 17, I probably win. And we're just gonna run this clock out, and we're gonna get the fuck out of here. And we'll worry about you know the rest of the week next week. But I do think. Carolina will be a trendy upset pick. I think people will talk about talk themselves into Carolina because of this. It should make the Packers mad. I hope that it does. Um, I there was a Mike McDaniel thing that went viral today. I, I didn't watch it. And everyone's like, "Oh, this is great! Like this is exactly what you need." I kind of hope Lafleur is bringing some of that same energy, especially like at like I can't believe I guess that my last thought on this, and I know I know we're we're kind of talking circles, but it's like. I can't believe it got this bad in like two weeks after that chiefs win. And you see him in the locker room, he's talking about like how they kind of got here. And then for it to all just fall right back down the hill, like Sisyphus just doesn't, it's hard for my mind to kind of comprehend that. Yeah. I mean, they, they completely regressed to, to October football and, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, Jordan love has looked, mostly okay but right yeah it's just it's a fickle thing isn't it i mean it's oh yeah it just it just shows you how hard it is to 
and just, you know, it's literally a game of, of yards and inches and um, play here and a play there. I mean, that's the difference in today's NFL. I mean, right. they talk about how, you know, the, obviously the, uh, the storyline of the last couple of weeks is the mediocrity in the NFL mm-hmm. and, and it's just the worst NFL season ever. And, you know, there's a lot of injuries. I'll say that um, to quarterbacks specifically. I mean, if, as long as the quarterbacks stay healthy, product's generally going to be be pretty good. But that's been an issue uh, this right. year. Oh yeah. I mean, the Packers are, are are just another one of those kind of you know treadmill teams right now. I mean, but they they are young, and you'd think turning in the right direction, but well, know, that includes kind of a roller coaster as well. Well, and it's, I mean, Joe, uh, Jeremy Fowler kind of did the no shit Sherlock, the NFL reporter for ESPN was like, oh yeah, Joe Barry seats hot and it's a job in high demand. Well, yeah, of course. Number one, it's you're the coach, one of the highest coaches of the Packers. I think that's a high honor. But number two, they have a extremely talented offensive roster that next year, I don't think they're, you can level up to being contender, but I don't think it's out of the question that Green Bay can't be right there like in that second tier of San Francisco, Philadelphia, Dallas, like I think they're going to be there if like it all goes well, and you know, everybody stays healthy. Hmm. Do you agree with that? Or do you think that's a little too, little too much? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's, they, that's, they have, probably, they, that's pretty quick. I mean, they have a ton of talent, man. Like they have a ton of talent. Like, yes, you're just saying it's like, they're a year. They're like a Bruno Cabello. They're a year away from a year away. Oh yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, well, I mean, there's it's you know, we have a long. There's a long time to litigate that. So definitely, uh, definitely, we will see. Anything else? I, think- I mean, once you get a new coordinator, maybe well, maybe we can have revisit that. Sure, a new, a new um, D coordinator. Before we move on to talk about our Milwaukee Brewers, um, do you have a do you have a prediction? Do you think they uh, they quit, or do you think that they uh, they come out? I don't. I don't think one? they quit. I mean, this is professional football. I mean, okay. I don't know. I'm not going to say it's thirty-eight-seven, but I would say it's a solid win. I'd say twenty-four thirteen. Okay. I I can get down with that. I I could. I'll say, I will believe believe you. I will trust you, Mitch, and I will I will say they win twenty seven fourteen. Um, they'll get a couple couple two touchdowns pick. for Carolina. That's ambitious. yeah. I don't know. That is ambitious. Maybe Joe Barry. Take... Joe Barry ball. Yeah, Joe Barry gun. Joe Barry. So uh, so we'll see. But yeah, I uh. We'll see what happens, but I, I really hope that we're I'm not talking either on Christmas or the day after Christmas about Packers losing because that would that would not be fun. Um, I would not not look forward to that. Um, and then to move on, yeah, speaking be, of that'd be that'd be unbelievable. I mean, just just to think about the reaction to that would be. I well, I I think the other thing is that's Christmas Eve, so you I I don't know how what your Christmas Eve looks like, but mine. I have my entire side of my mom's family at 4.30, and then I have to fucking talk like a normal person about the Packer game at 4.30 when all I really want to do is hop on a podcast. So I should just bust out the mic and just let it go and just, you know, in the basement of my parents' house, just start doing podcasts, bring people down, just we'll get everybody's thoughts on the game and just kind of go forward. And uh, I can just get it out. Yeah, live pod, exactly. Sounds this actually sounds like not a bad idea. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna do it. Um, but you know, it's like I will just have to talk with a bunch of people that I'm not saying they don't know ball out of all due respect, but just like it's it's just a different conversation than me and you having one, me and Murph. And then not only do I have to do that, then I have to talk about it again with my wife's family, both sides on Christmas. So I'll have to have the same conversations about the Packers losing three straight fucking times. And I just can't do that, man. And I don't think I'm alone there. Yeah. I mean, it's annoying. All right. It's just like, you know, 
And I, I already going to have to deal the, with the my... perils of being a sports fan is you constantly have to get, you have to answer for your teams. Yeah, no, you, you do. Right. Like, I mean, Shay Kent this morning was like, oh yeah, everybody's bitching about the Marquette officials on, on Twitter. The t- tail all this time. I'm sorry that the big East has just terrible basketball <laughs> officials. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. It's, and again, all of us have said the collective has have said it was not the officials' fault. We played bad. Marquette was awful last night. I have no excuse for that. They just yeah, were taxes all... and and mob losing at Providence, dude. Providence, I swear those officials are paid off by the mob. There, they there's some weird <laughs> shit that happens at <laughs> oh that. God. The Providence said they have a big mob community. What do you want from me? It's an organized crime place. Look it up. Read a book. But it's like, you know, I don't know. Uh, it did make me feel better that UConn lost today to Seton Hall. So, like, no one's going to win on the road to the Big East, apparently. That's just kind of what's nope. going to happen. Um, did you see that? Oh, well, you saw it because it was dropped in our group chat. Shout out to Wiggs. Keg Boy, what do you think has Keg Boy as a nickname from the Providence faithful? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's that's a good chirp. I'll say that. Um, well. It's, it's a little... It's 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 safe, you know. It's not yeah yeah nothing, like, nothing too uh nothing yeah. too personal or anything like that. It's you know yeah nice yeah. I was, I was called bozo. I was called bitch. Um, you know. <laughs> well, here's the thing about Providence fans: none of them actually have an avatar that's themselves. They just hide in the shadows. Like they just all have just some sort well, of like, avatar. It's like Celtics it's, fans. Yeah, the same, ex- the same well, region. So. Well, it's the same. It's the bird of a similar fucking feather. It's just like, Jesus Christ, show yourselves. Put a little hair on your skin. Yeah, they're yeah. obnoxious. Uh they I mean, I it's all good fun, but yeah, they're obnoxious. They are obnoxious. Uh Creighton fans are obnoxious. Fuck those guys. Um, who else do I not like? I don't like UConn fans on Twitter. Like it gets nasty, man. Like, especially because Marquette's good. Like, if you say the wrong thing, like all of a sudden. Like it, I and I love the I get a great amount of support from the Marquette faithful on on the X platform and listening to these podcasts, but it's uh, yeah, it's the it's the price you pay, man. Yeah, right. sorry, I uh, I we 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 got off track. Uh, we have the Milwaukee Brewers uh, to discuss uh, the stove. The stove is what would you say right now? I don't think it's Sydney Sweeney hot. It's like. It's like it's just kind of there. It's on low. It's on yeah, low. Yeah, it's on low. Uh, we're all, speaking of low. We're waiting for Yamamoto, Yamamoto, to uh, make his decision. Apparently, he's going to wait till after Christmas, which is just awesome. Like, if I had to make people wait, like I'm not making a fucking decision before Christmas. Fuck you. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait, wait it out. Why not? And so, basically, it's put everybody on hold. Baseball free agency kind of reminds me of like college recruiting. It's like, why do you oh, people yeah. lose fucking sleep over this shit? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm a Brewers fan, so I wouldn't know what it's like to, to be a, to be a player and, <laughs> and with high free agents. So, I mean, it's not even a shot. It's just a fact. No, I don't. And, um, so I don't even, I'm not going to concern myself with Yamamoto. I don't give yep. a, it's one it's one pitcher. Right. Like even Otani, like he ain't worth what he's gonna get what he just got paid. So no. you can have him. Yeah, I, I think what it what it, what happens is you get you get sort of the NFL NBA influence into it, and you expect these guys are gonna make a decision right away and you wanna build the hype and build the excitement. That's why mm-hmm. losers like Buster Olney were mad that you know, Otani was so quiet and he was like, oh, this is a disservice to the media and the fans. Like, is it? I don't know. Football's going on, man. Like, ba- basketball's happening. I don't know. I mean, even diehard baseball fans are, like, the fan bases of those teams care. But as Brewer fans, we know we're not getting Otani and we're not getting Yamamoto. Like, we know right. all of this. And, like, really our hope as Brewer fans, and I think a lot of small market teams are, is like let it not be one of our rivals. Don't go to the Cubs. Don't go to the Cardinals. Like that's the that's the hope. And if they don't go there, that's a massive win going forward. And Cubs fans will spin zone it uh, like they did after not getting Otani. And you know they'll be like, oh well, we'll do this, this, well, this. I mean, 
him going to the Dodgers isn't great. No, Otani, absolutely not. No, it, it's the haves, the have-nots. Like, it's become even worse. And, you know, and Glass now goes there too. And, you know, I still don't know if I believe in that pitching rotation. It's young. Like, it's Bobby Miller, it's Sheenan. You get Walker Buehler back, but that was a pretty significant injury for Walker Buehler. So is he going to be 100%? Glass now was hurt last year. I mean, Glass now always seems to blow out an elbow. Like, he always has, like, elbow tightness. Or something like that. So I don't know. I I would not have tried to trade for Glass now. Just I we I think it was a, they gave him a contract too, like five mm-hmm. years, one thirty five. So it's I thought a risk in my opinion. But yeah, now we wait on Yamamoto because according to John Morosi of MLB.com of infamous uh, Otani to Toronto fame, uh, then it ended up being the billionaire, uh, the Shark Tank billionaire uh, headed there. Uh, that Corbin Burns and Willie Thomas could be the next to move after the Yamamoto deal happens. Um, but there's also from Ken Rosenthal that there's a little bit of friction inside the Brewers front office that Matt Arnold's kind of ready to pull the trigger, listen to the calls. And Mark Ananasio was like, nah, I, I kind of want to hold on to him because I kind of want to keep winning and I don't want to stop winning. Now I know that haters, of which there are many, would say, aka Mark doesn't want to lose money. Um, and I, I I get both sides of that. So I guess we're where are you at with the burn stuff, the Adamas stuff, just in terms of w- the next move for the Brewers. And we'll we'll touch on the 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 trade they actually made today with old friend David Stearns uh, after we talked burns. I mean, I, I guess <clears throat> I don't know. I, I I would probably rather trade Burns at this point. I think that you know your pitching depth isn't isn't great uh, right now without without Woodruff involved, and um, I would shudder to think what it would look like if they traded Burns. But I mean, at this point, you might as well. I mean, it's uh, you know Adamus is if you could package the two to to sweeten it up a little bit more and get those guys to Dodgers or Giants and um and and get a get a better return. I'm all for it, I think, at this point. I, I don't know. It, it feels like the relationship too with, with Burns is has been weird. You know, it's another another kind of strained, unfortunately strained relationship uh lately. And um then again, Burns crying over, you know, pennies, kind of relatively, is yeah. is publicly is a little little um, unfortunate too. But and you know, just I get to, it. Just to cut in, like he also fell apart last season. He had a terrible September. For sure, had that hater got traded, did not you know pull himself together to have a, a you know just be a professional, and then he was awful in the postseason. He had a awful postseason where he pitches competently the brewers win that game and who knows right it's time next one to go to the world series i'm not saying the brewers would have went to the world series but like you get my point like he he hasn't shown himself as this big game ace pitcher you can trust and he's at he acts like it but it isn't really it he's kind of like the chihuahua that barks at the big dog He's not actually a big dog. He's a little dog. I know that's spicy sports radio, but it's true. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I I can't argue with that. I mean, he's you're right. All of that is true. He he had a shitty end of the year and um, probably hasn't been a true ace in a little while. Right. Um, but but I but what gets me is the sort of the surrounding or out of the reporting surrounding this situation, obviously it's Adonacio stuff. He's kind of pussyfooting around it. And one part that I don't think you mentioned was that he is afraid of a similar backlash. Maybe he did. I, if he did, I apologize. No, I did. I did, I did. He, he's, he's afraid of a similar backlash to the, to the hater trade. But, you know, again, it's like, why are you letting, why would you let that affect your decision? I mean, that's that's not good. That's not that's not a good way to run an organization. Letting I, fan backlash. 
affect your decisions. Okay, then and, let me ask. And, let and me... Then it turns into fucking Herb Cole, where you're not necessarily making all the wrong moves, but you're making a lot of them at the wrong time. Yeah. Like if they bring Burns back and he sucks, then they're fucked. Yeah, you're right. But let me ask you, Mitch, like, would you like getting booed as the owner of a team? <laughs> he got fucking yeah. booed. He got fucking booed. Like, when? After they won the division. After they won the division, they showed him on the screen. I was at the game. He got booed. Like, you know, the cheap ass memes. Would you want to be called the cheap ass everywhere you go? Like he, it's I don't obvi- even think I'd be on Twitter if I if I was an owner well, of a team. I, I, he probably isn't, but he probably has people in so like what you can do in social media. A little behind the scenes here is you can listen to shit and you can keep an eye on what's going on, what's the sentiment, what's the brand out, and I guarantee you, this is how he finds out. Some poor marketing yeah. schlub has to deliver a no, report I, I to mean, him, and it's like, hey. The, you got called the cheap ass 19 fucking times in three days. <laughs> and he's like, really? It's like, yeah. That'd be, a, that'd be a hell of a spreadsheet. I'd love to see that. I actually would. Uh, uh, I'd kill for that. Uh, <laughs> oh, I did I didn't actually. was called the cheap ass 19 times on <laughs> December 12th, I, I, uh, I did apply for a, a senior director job with Brewers. Uh, or not senior director. It was like senior marketing manager or some bullshit. A uh, couple weeks ago. And I was like. My wife's like, oh, you should, or no, this was before I had my my new day job. But uh, it was like, I was also like, yeah, they took one look at my social media profiles. That'd probably be a quick, quick cancel. Um, I don't, you know, some one motherfucker of Craig Council would have probably been enough to send me packing. But anyways. Oh, yeah. Um, you just scrub your, your Twitter. Oh, God, I deleted Although it'd be, it'd you probably gone. haven't motherfucked the Brewers too many times knowing you, so. Oh, it, come it, on. Wow. Wow. I, I no, but like, would I be? Yes, I. I think I would appreciate the booze if I was Mark out and I. I got to be better, you know. Well, I mean, it's. I. I think like. Pick a direction. I, I, so the 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 hater backlash stuff is interesting because I don't understand that why you wouldn't have just fucking like kept him. Let, let well kept him or. Blaine just sold David Stearns down the river. Like, why didn't you just sell out David Stearns? Like, the Boston Red Sox are famous for this. They will just, absolutely, they will just run a hit piece. Like, how did you not have Rosiak or Kurt Hogg write that and just be like, or McAlvey, be like, oh, yeah, friction between David Stearns and Mark Ananasio, and be like, it was all Stearns. Like, do it. Like, I don't know, man. I, I think that I, I agree. You should not listen to your fans. I do think that there is an angle and I that I could entertain. I know this might not be popular with people, but you do keep Corbin Burns and you have this young, dynamic roster, Packers-esque in a way where it's like, yeah, if it all clicks, they could be special. And they could be, they could be a year early. And if it does, great. If it doesn't, all right, you just trade Burns and you you just get rid of him and you and, and but I I hear you that if he's bad, it's an appreciated asset and he is a rental and that's that's the part where I'm sure that's the friction between him and Matt Arnold because probably Ananasio saying that he's like, well, let's just see the first two months and Matt's like, well, Mark, if we do that, like we're gonna get less back, we're not gonna get the package that. I've gotten from the Red Sox or I've gotten from the Orioles in my preliminary talks with those teams are the two teams currently rumored uh, for Kermit Burns. And I, I also think you can sell the mark like, Hey, these guys are in the, the American league. We'll play them once a year. That'll be it. We'll see them once every two years at American family field. Like it's not going to be like him going to the Dodgers and you're seeing them every year. You might see him in the postseason. Like it's kind of like what you see in football, where guys rarely get traded inside the inside the conference. Like I don't know. I I just think there are ways to sell it. I think the only way there would be real backlash is if you trade him to the Cubs, which won't happen. Yeah, no, that won't happen. I I was just think, what would the Rays do? I mean, they would they would definitely trade him. Yeah. And then I thought of, you know, the Rays trading Glass out of the Dodgers probably hurts the. 
hurts the package to to the Dodgers if that you know or maybe takes them out of the running kind of. Yeah, I don't know if the Dodgers would would really balk at anything, but the, Dodge, uh, the Dodgers have the the this fucked up thing about the Dodgers is they have a very good farm system too. Like, oh yeah, they have Michael Bush. They have Gavin Lux is coming off an injury. Um, they have. We love this Michael Bush cat. I mean, this guy, I don't even think he's good. that young. Yeah, he's a good player. Uh, I like Sheenan. They won't get Sheenan. Um, they, who else do they have? I, this is what happens when I play like an NL Dynasty Fantasy Baseball League. I just know these guys. Um, Vargas, did I mention him? He's, he's like been, you know, he's kind of looks like a quad A guy right now. I'm not, I wouldn't be too excited about that if they brought him in. But yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll certainly see. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think it does. Michael Bush, 26 years old. Is he 26? Wow. Career 167 hitter. He's okay. So maybe he's Matt Gamble. All right. I'll stop talking about him. You, you win. You win. I, I'm wrong. Um, I don't, that's Wikipedia. Maybe it's wrong. I don't know. No, no, no. I think you're right. Um, no, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, uh, Thinking of some, I, I mean, I'd rather have Gavin Lux for Christ's sake. Even with Who's, like a ball my ankle. Now I'm looking up if Michael Bush is really is really 26. Fuck, he is 26. Wow. Yeah, there was a lot of hype around him. It just hasn't panned out. Like, but it's like He's the Reds closer it, to who was the guy they had a couple years ago that baby guy or whatever. Yeah, He's like a 27 year old just crumb bum journeyman that came up and you know hit 270 for a season. Right. And he's out of baseball two years later. Yeah. There was a good. There was a good article. Uh, I forget there. Yeah, there, there are a lot of articles right now, sort of, sort of, you know, there now I'm interested in this. I just pulled this up. Someone suggested Jorge Polanco and two twins relievers for Corbin Burns. I could get down with that. I like Jorge Polanco. I like getting a major leaguer back on the team. Jorge Polanco I mean, you're, is... you're absolutely trading Adamas then. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, no. I, Ad- I, As far as I'm concerned, Adamas is gone. I don't think... Oh, yeah. I don't think Adamas' yeah. personality really works with Pat Murphy. I just... I could see some friction. He's, he's not enough of a soldier? No, not a day one guy. No. I, and I don't know. I think there were some times where it's like, are you into the game or are you just fucking around with Freddie Peralta? If I couldn't be a meathead for a second. Do so you think he's Orlando Arcia 2.0? Better version, yeah. I mean, I know Arcia was an all-star this year, but, you know, and then Arcia, you know, reared his ugly head to Bryce Harper stuff. Which got taken out of context. I, I kind of felt bad for him. But at the same time, I'm like, yep, this is why, this is why Orlando Arcia didn't pan out in Milwaukee because he was kind of a shithead. Sometimes yeah, that I mean, just, it's... That, tur- that turns around, that happens. Yeah, I mean, again, it's uh, it's you know like the Niger Morgan thing I was talking about yeah. last mm-hmm. week or the week before, where it's like it's all fun and games until you suck. Yeah, exactly. and then and then it, it you know you wear you wear out your welcome pretty quick. Right. Oh uh, yeah. All of a sudden, like the you know you you doing like, like the fart jokes is not so funny anymore. You're like, oh yeah, oh he's everybody he's loves fart- Willie when he's hitting. 265, 270, and, you know, 25 homers and, you know, making great plays, which is deep glove was fine. But, like, when you're hitting, barely hitting 200, and, you know, I guess he did lead the league or lead the team in homers, if not very close, um, which ain't saying much when it's yeah. 20. It, it's yeah. also, it's also kind of like your buddy who drinks too much and, like, he drinks on random days where it's like, when you're drinking with them, it's fine. But like when you just see him just getting drunk on a Wednesday by himself, you're like, that's not not as cool as anymore. Doesn't doesn't really doesn't really work. Um, right. It's the same so yeah. thing. It's like it just yeah. becomes, becomes little a problem. Little excessive. Uh, the Tyrone Taylor, Adrian Hauser trade to uh, the New York Mets uh, for Camp uh, Coleman Crow. Uh, I. I'm not really going to lose too much sleep over it. Um, I I saw some anger through my group chats, but also on, on the Twitter platform. And uh, I just, I don't have the time and effort for it. I really don't. Um, Adrian Hauser would have been a nice, like, complimentary piece to come back. But 
I don't I don't really know how much he's given you. And we had enough outfielders. We got to start getting rid of some of these outfielders. And Tyrone Taylor was probably the easiest one to get rid of, honestly, out of the out of the group of guys they have. Yeah, yeah, kind of with you. I mean, the trade it is what it is. I they just got the one guy, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's it's underwhelming. I I agree. It's it's. I would say I will content. I will admit that it's a bit underwhelming. And yes, Crow has some stuff that's there. Like the the profile on him reads nice. He's not a talentless hack, but he's coming off Tommy John surgery. You're probably not going to have him until next year, really, because um, it was August when he had the surgery. So there is that part of it. Um, kind of a and, kind of a great name. Oh, Coleman Crow, fuck! Like if that guy that guy could make it on his name alone. Got Coleman Crow on the mound. Um, so, yeah. Went to high school in Zeb- Zebulon, Georgia. Oh, Coleman! It's Coleman Crow. So, so he country. Coleman. Crow. Yeah. A little southern uh, twang on it. A little there, southern there draw. Go. Yeah, yeah. You got got to add that draw. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think they could have got a little more, but I don't. I also am like, you know, if you want to go like wired, hired. Oh, the Brewers are saving money. Wired. They're saving that money because they're going to pay court, Co- Cody Ballinger because no, his market's depressed. And they're going to Yasmani Grandal that thing to have Co- Cody Ballinger be our first baseman. I Boss. would love to see it. I mean, that that would be that would be the positive argument for why they just dumped, you know, seven or eight yeah. million in salary. Oh, I, I be, just, well, I would Mark's do so invest many, that. I would do so many suck at signs that, to like people just be like, yeah, see? Oh, but because they got I, one guy. Nah, um, I, I lucky I didn't do it about Eric Haas. No, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, I, he I sucked think, last year too. Well, he had a good. I mean, look. First of all, there. Oh, sorry, they signed Eric Haas too. If you're, well, it was a popular big bird day. Um, Eric Haas had a very bad 2023, but he was good 2021, 2022. I nearly, I nearly made that joke that they had to clear salary for the Eric Haas signing in the group chat, but and uh, I didn't. I didn't and, actually. It, it, it was it came through my brain, just didn't actually put it well, on the paper. The one thing about Eric, it really the whole Eric Haas thing is he's a place. He's a stopgap for queer uh, Quero. I almost, I almost got it. I didn't. Um, it, it's Quero. A stop, Quero. We'll get there. We'll it's get Caro. there. Quero. 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 We'll get there. We'll get there. Twenty twenty four New Year's resolutions. Pronounce Jefferson Quero's name right. Still didn't do it, but that's fine. Fuck. All right. Well, there is no W sound. I don't know how to explain it to you, Mitch. I'm just a Wisconsin like. I'm just I'm a Wisconsin white guy, man. I don't know what to tell you. I I don't know. I know you're you are too, but it's just doesn't work for me apparently. I know. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I we'll see what. Queeros, queeros, a little offensive. I don't, I don't, I don't need to be. Uh... You know, potentially. <laughs> so I don't, I don't need Quero. to be attached to that. Well, yeah, I, I, okay. Well, I, I, I do not mean any offense for anyone. That listening. one gets a little uncomfortable. Yeah, a little bit. Um, anything else uh, before we uh, wrap up? Yeah, I think that's it. I, I also just, I, the only thing, last thing I had was I loved Pat Bab saying you would pop the basketball to Giannis. No, you fucking wouldn't, Pat. Shut up. I miss that. Yeah. Well, I said it on his podcast. Yeah, like, everybody has a oh. fucking podcast. Fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Who does podcasts anyways? Um, but yeah, like we'll see. Well, I can't believe the Bucks are not playing the Sixers till 25th of uh February. I was like, holy shit. It's a long time. Uh yeah, after playing them opening night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh and that will be uh one game your boy will miss because I'll be in uh, Portugal. But it's a noon game. So you know, who knows? Maybe I'll, uh, maybe maybe I'll find a way beyond oh, and, the Sunday game. Yeah, it's a Sunday Sunday nooner in in Philly. Yeah. So. Yeah, so probably I'll be like six or seven o'clock at night there. Yeah, yeah. You know, ju- just drunk off my ass on port wine, and you That's know, right. just just tweeting out of pocket. Little vino. 
Yeah, well, the port. So port wine. Little history lesson. Port wine. It comes from Porto in Portugal, and it's not really port wine unless you get it from Porto. Fun little fact here. <laughs> and apparently, according to my uh, stylist, it fucks you up. It's a little stronger than your normal wine. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Nice. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but all right, we'll uh, let everybody Vino go. Vino do Porto. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Mitchy, little Porto night at the house on uh, Friday with a little home alone, little steak. There you go. Steak um, and wine. I don't drink yeah. wine. Uh, yeah, I don't either. Um, that's the funny thing about this whole conversation. Um, all right. We will see everybody uh, next week, maybe. I don't know. We haven't talked about it. Um, but I'll be back tomorrow. Um, I'll have a pod, get you guys all ready for the weekend. We'll also recap Bucks Magic. Uh, yeah. That'll be tomorrow's show unless something crazy happens, and we gotta talk about that. Yeah, you got Devondre Campbell wants to tweet again. We'll uh, we'll talk about that too. There you go. All right, sounds good. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Peace. Send the video.